this study in the Gospel of John has been um, rich, rich for me, um, extremely applicable, valuable, um, life-changing. So much of what it has revealed to me personally has revealed areas in my life that, that I feel like the Lord wants to change. This chapter 13 is, has, uh, has been no exception to that. Uh, chapter 13, uh, as we mentioned last week, is the last meal that Jesus would have with his 12 disciples. Jesus knowing that uh, in a matter of hours, he would be in, 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 capti- in captivity, uh, captive. Um, it makes what he says to those disciples so very, very important. It makes it important to us today that this was preserved for us to hear what Jesus would say to his disciples. There's two great lessons that he teaches in this 13th chapter. He, he teaches us about serving one another, and he teaches us about loving one another. And he really demonstrates for us how those two things are, are connected not being able to have one without the other. So they're there for this meal. He first expresses his love for them by serving them or washing their feet. The lowliest act of service you could do in that culture. Shortly thereafter, he foretells of Judas's betrayal And then he gives a new command, a command to love one another as he has loved them. And following this new command, he foretells in the last few verses of chapter 13 of Peter's denial. Jesus gives a new command. A new command I give you, he says. As a matter of fact, why don't we just read verses 34 and 35. Jesus is talking, he's talking to his disciples, he's talking to the church today, and he says, a new command I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. A new command I give you, that you are to love one another as I have loved you. I want to ask you a question. Do you have a desire in your heart to love others in the same way that Jesus has loved you? You might take a moment to consider how Jesus has loved you. I think that 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 expression of love um, for each of us individually, how we have experienced that is different. Some would really focus on his grace or his forgiveness or his fresh start. Some would focus on his peace, the way that he, he brings to us this, this sense of comfort and sense of peace in difficult circumstances. Some might focus on the way that he's intricately involved and guides and directs us. It's it, 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 the way he expresses his love. We all receive it in, in different ways, but the point of this is that Jesus loves you that his love is consistent, that it is without condition, that it is sacrificial, 
and he has commanded us. This isn't some suggestion. This isn't an emotion he wants us to experience. He has commanded us to love others as he has loved us. And so the question is, is that a desire of your heart? Do you want to love others as Jesus has loved you? Most in here, because... You know Jesus, you're giving your life to Him, you are on the spiritual journey where you're knowing Him better and better and better, and I think because you know that the right answer is yes, yes, I want to know, I want to love as Jesus has loved me, that your answer would be yes, yes, I want to love as Jesus has loved me. I want to love others that way. And I want you to think about that question. Because there's a lot of things that we want. We want to be good parents. We want to be great parents. We, we want that. We want to be successful in our careers. Some in here might say, I, I, I want to be a good athlete. I want to be a good musician. I want to be a great husband, and I want to be a great wife, and I, I, I want, I, these are things I want. And the question then becomes, you really want those things? You really want that thing? Are you willing to pay the price to have it? Because you can. You can have those things. Are you willing to pay the price to have it? James and John, the two of the disciples, they go to Jesus and they say, we, we want to be your number one and number two man. Jesus says, you, you really want that? Yes, we want that. Jesus goes, you don't know what you're asking because you don't understand the cost involved with that. Jesus says, do you think you would be able to drink of the cup that I'm going to drink of? At the end of the 13th chapter, Jesus says to the disciples, I'm, go I'm going away and you can't come with me. Peter says, why can't I come with you? I want to come with you. I'm, I'm willing to to die for you. Jesus says, Peter, before tomorrow morning, you're going to deny that you even knew me three times. The point is, is that what, what Peter wanted at that place in his spiritual journey, he was unwilling to pay the price. Do you want to love other people the way Jesus loves you unconditionally consistently are you willing to pay the price in order to do that I want to suggest to you that a willingness to pay that price is worth whatever it costs it's it's worth it it It'll revolutionize your life. It'll, it'll change your life. 
That is not to say that it will necessarily make your life easier, because I just want to tell you, I think you know this already, that loving someone is not real convenient. It's not easy. But if we're willing to pay the price to love others as Jesus loved us, it'll revolutionize our lives. What makes this command that Jesus gives us in the 34th verse, what makes it new? The same apostle, the, 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 the same writer of this gospel wrote in 1 John, you've heard from the beginning, love one another. So what, what makes this new? I mean, uh, loving others is, is part of the Ten Commandments given 1,500 years earlier. What makes this new? Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. And here's what makes it new, the rest of that statement, as I have loved you. As I have loved you. It's a, it's a whole new perspective or aspect or quality of love. It's the kind of love the world has never seen before. It's the way Jesus loved his disciples. It's the way Jesus loves us. He teaches us this kind of love. He is an example of this kind of love. Remember the first verse of John chapter 13. It it begins by saying he's loved them from the beginning and he loves them even now and he demonstrated his love for them by washing their feet, by serving them. It says he demonstrated the full extent of his love for them. God's intention for us is not just to be um, a container of God's love, but to be a vessel of God's love, that other people would see God's love in us that we would demonstrate God's love in us by serving, even if it's a menial thing, like washing feet. We talked last week about what does washing feet look like today. I think if, if we're going to experience that, if we're going to be changed that way, if, if we're going to love others, then there's, there's a way that it, it looks We've got to understand the difference. We have to understand the difference in feelings and actions. We we think of love as an emotion. But here Jesus commands us to love. You, You don't command emotions. You command actions. Right? And he commands us to love, and so we have to understand the difference in the, in the feelings and the actions. Listen, I know, you know this, you don't always feel like loving. But if we're going to love the way Jesus loved, then we, then we have to uh, love the way he loves us. And, and look, hanging on a cross, do you think he just felt like doing that? That was a, an action that was greater than any feeling. But he set 
the feeling or even the lack of feeling aside and demonstrated his love for us in that while we were undeserving, he died for us. So we need to understand the difference between feeling. If you're always going to act on feelings, you're not going to love the way Jesus loved. We need to understand the difference in, in, in what we should do, because we'd all agree we, we should love as Jesus loves us. What we should do and what we can do. I tell you again, Jesus commands us. He says, you must love. I think that we can take from that that it's his will for us to love as he loved us. And I know that this is true. I know that it's a fact that what God wills, God provides for. That God empowers us, that God equips us, that God resources us. Whatever his will is for you, he provides for that will. It's his will that you love others as he has loved you. And so we can know, we can trust, we can walk in the truth that he empowers us, equips us, resources us, gives us opportunity to be in the center of his will, to love as he has loved us. And then we have to understand the difference in the old and the new. This is a different kind of love. This is a selfless love. It's not selfish, is what I mean. It's not, it's not driven by what I get in return. It's not a love that says, I'll love you if you take good care of me. I'll love you as long as you don't disappoint me. I'll love you if you love me. It's not that kind of love at all. This is a new command. This is a love that says, this is a love that loves like Jesus loves. Praise God. This is how Jesus loves me. Dale, I love you no matter what. We need him to empower us to do that because we can't do that on our own. We need him to equip us to do that because we can't do that on our own. There are very few in this room, if any at all, that can say, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you no matter what. I spend a lot of time talking to couples who are going to get married about this kind of love, this agape love, this different kind of love. I love you no matter what. I love you no matter what. I love you no matter what. And I tell them at the end of this long, long speech about what that looks like and how that, I say, now, you can't do that. I've told you what to do, but you can't do it. Because only God can love like that. We have to depend on Him, rely on Him to love like that through us. What might it, what might it look like as, as that kind of love is manifest through us? Look, look, Jesus is talking to His disciples, and I think that in the context of this passage of Scripture in John 13, that the lesson for us is that we ought to love other believers. That we ought to love other churches that believe that Jesus is the only way. And that we ought to express that love for them. We ought to, we ought to, we ought to love each other that way. I, I think that, that a, a part of the application of this is that we ought to love those 
who don't love us, that we ought to love those who um, are in the world, who don't have relationship with Jesus. I, I have to believe that that is a, an, an application of this teaching because that's who Jesus gravitated toward. He gravitated toward sinners. He gravitated toward those who were in need. He gravitated to that group of people that society and culture would, would, would banish. And so he says to us, love others as I have loved you. And I think that the focus of the application, the focus of it is, that, is our relationship with other believers. Because he says, by this will people know that you are my disciples, that you're my followers, that you love me because of the way you love each other. So, so we are commanded to love each other this way. I put a few things on your notes there in, in, in fellowship it, with, with, without fear, with a, a sense of, uh, uh, of not being afraid to be transparent, uh, helping one another, um, a closeness that, that people see in our relationships with one another. Listen, not just us, but Genesis Church too. But C3 Church too. Love them as I have loved you. And Life Song Church. One body. One spirit. Love them. No need to compete with them. Love them. Fellowship. The world will know that you love me and that you're my follower if you'll love them like I have loved you. People will be able to see that in the area of forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 4, we are implored, we're commanded, forgive one another just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Forgive, 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 forgive. I'm glad that there are those in this church who, who take this verse and, and make it a part of who they are because there's a bunch of people in here, a bunch of people in here who I've disappointed. I've messed up. I've made bad decisions. And from all that I can tell, they have been willing to say, I forgive you and give you another chance. We're called to do that. It's, a, it's, a, it's an expression of the way we love one another, forgiveness and acceptance accepting one another nobody's perfect we all have a past we're all unique we all have our struggles but we're to accept one another you're all welcome here i'm glad you're here we ought to make others feel accepted and welcome here's the the hard one it ought to be seen in our sacrifice for one another 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. <laughs> really? You want to love like Jesus loved? Here's a part of the cost. I know that this is so true, love's not always convenient, that our expression of love for one another is not always going to be convenient. It's not going to always be convenient to... To, to, to leave your dinner and go to be with someone who needs 
your support and your encouragement and your, your counsel. It's not going to always be convenient to, to, to go to someone and, and help them with a certain need that they have, whether it's a, a physical need that has to do maybe with their home. It's not going to always be convenient to, to take some cash out of your pocket because you know that there's a brother or a sister or, or someone in our community who has that need. That's not easy. It requires sacrifice. It's not convenient. But that's the way He loved us. And so if we're going to unite our hearts together and say we want to love others the way you loved us, then we need to understand and recognize that it's going to require, it's going to require sacrifice. All right, look, you've heard all this stuff before. None of this is new, right? So I study this, I study this, I study this, and I go, God, I know that's the truth. I know that's right. I know that's what you want from us. And we want that. We really do want that. But we don't do that. We don't do that. Man, I could read verses in 1 John that says some very harsh stuff talking about love. If you don't love your brother, you can say you love God if you want to, but you're a liar. I mean, that's what it says. We can't take 1 John out of the Bible. So why, why is it that we don't do this? I think, I think more than anything else, it's because we're not experiencing His love in our lives. We, we sing these, these beautiful songs, these incredible songs. You've been hearing it. If you've been in church since you were a kid, you've been hearing it since you were a kid. Jesus loves me, this I know, right? Or the Bible tells me so, red and yellow, black and white, doesn't matter, they're all precious. We, we've been seeing, hearing it from, since we were kids. Maybe I say it four or five times every Sunday, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. But there's, there's some disconnect there somewhere because we're, we're, not, we're not receiving it or, or we're not experiencing it or it's not a priority to us. I mean, after all, we got lives to live. We, we, we got careers to take care of. We got houses to pay for. We got kids to educate. We got things to do. And so, we're so we, we get so busy that we forget that there's a God who's there with us that's intricately involved in our lives that's continually, continually, continually expressing His love to us, expressing His love to us, expressing His love to us, and we're walking right by it. We're not, we're not experiencing His love. If we, if we don't experience His love, we can't become like Him. And if we don't become like Him, we can't love like He loves us. It's in that experience. I, I want to put a, a few verses on the screen. 1 John 4.10. And I want to run through these really quick. I, I want to go sort of from preaching to teaching. This is what you want to take notes on. I know you've been scribbling. I'm... No, you haven't. Now start scribbling. This is part of the cost. You want to love like Jesus loved? Here's part of the cost. Are you willing to do this? 1 John 4, verse 10 this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us 
sent his son to be the propitiation, to, 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 to satisfy, to pay the penalty, to pay the cost for our sins. So, so it, what, what this verse is saying is, is God initiated this relationship that, that he loves us first. It's, it's very similar to 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Listen, that's a powerful, powerful verse. It, 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 it's saying to me that if we experience his love, that a natural outpouring of experiencing his love is to give love, is to love others. So we have to find a way that we experience his love in our life, that we acknowledge it, that we're aware of it. We're aware of how he's loving us. And it's, a, and, and it's not just some subjective thing. I mean, it's something very, very specific. There are specific ways every single day that he is expressing his love to you. We say we know God loves us, and, and there's, this, there's this kind of thought that, that that's kind of this one-time thing, but it's not a one-time thing because the way that he loves us is to continually love us. But are we experiencing it continually? How do we continually experience his love and involvement in our lives? There's a verse that says, um, how can you love God when you don't love your brother who you can see, how can you love God who you can't see if you don't even love your brother who you can see? Well, listen, that's important too. That's a challenge for us. That's a hurdle for us. I mean, God is, is not a tangible God. It's not like we can, we can say, you know, every morning um, during my breakfast time, I'm going to sit with God uh, I'm going to see him there, he's, and we're going we're gonna to have this, this interaction. The tangible part of God that we have is his word. That's the tangible part. This isn't a book. As a matter of fact, in, in Hebrews 4.12, here's a verse that's familiar to you. The word of God is living. It's living. It's active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It's involved in our lives. It's revealing stuff to us. Piercing to the division of soul and spirit. Understanding our thoughts of joints and marrow. Discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. As As we sit with Jesus... In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word became flesh. This is the Word. This is Jesus to us. And, 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 and as we sit with him, he begins to reveal things to us through his word. Living, active, discerning, teaching, changing, conforming. All right, now listen. If we're going to love like Jesus loves, we have to become like Jesus. Now, Jesus is intricately involved in every single area of our life. Whether or not we acknowledge it and whether or not we recognize it, He is with us every moment of every day. So we've got to learn how to take our everyday experiences and filter them through Jesus, through His Word. We've got to learn how to do that. It's going to take time. It's going to take sacrifice. 
There's a cost involved here. It doesn't just happen. Romans 8, 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Now we take that verse and say, well, praise the Lord, it doesn't matter what happens to me, God's going to make my life better. God's going to make my life easier. God's going to make my life more comfortable. That's the way we tend to interpret that verse. But what it says is, is that God uses, that this is God's intricate involvement in our life every single day. And it says that he doesn't just ignore things that are happening in our life, that he uses every single thing, all things, He uses those in our life to reveal himself to us, to mold us, to shape us, to change us. Change us how? Change us into what? Verse 29. Those he foreknew, he also predetermined, that they would be conformed to the image of his Son. Here's what that means. We'll be more like Jesus. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So the, the, the 28 is his integral, intricate involvement in our lives. The 29 is why. Is that he's molding us and shaping us because he wants us to be like him so that we can love like him. So, there's truth. That's truth. Here's what we do with it. We begin every single day by acknowledging his presence and involvement. I want to encourage you. Listen, write down, scribble it, scribble it, scribble it. Start your day this way. Some of you can start your day with Jesus before you get out of bed. I can't do that. (laughs) You know? So I go turn the coffee pot on and go into my office and I spend time with Jesus. Not a Bible study, not an hour. I just acknowledge he's there. I acknowledge his love for me. I, 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 it's just this kind of good morning, Lord, kind of thing. To, to start your day that way. Live your day with the, with, the, with the understanding that he's there and he's involved in God's economy. There are no accidents. There is no chance. There is no coincidence. He, he, he's provident. He's sovereign. He orchestrates. He's there. He always has purpose. Look, the Bible says a bird doesn't fall from the sky that he's not aware of it. He's there. He loves you. All throughout the day, we're experiencing... His expressions of love. But listen, we've got to go beyond that. We've got to have a time during our day, hopefully at the end of the day, where we can sit down with His Word and we can say, this was my day. This was the high of my day. This was the low of my day. Here's how I interpret it. I wonder how God interprets it. We, we filter every experience through God's Word. What does God have to say about this? What was His purpose in that? What's He trying to teach me? How's He trying to reveal Himself to me? I was commended for, for my work at the office. Does the Bible say anything about that? You know what? There's too many of us. There's too many of us who haven't opened this book since last Sunday. Why? Because we don't think it's relevant. 
We don't think this is relevant to us. We don't think it has something to say about being commended at the office. But it does. My low point of the day, my low point of the day was I got a, a, another call from a bill collector. Here's how, what I think about that, but what does God think about that? What does he have to say about that? Is that in his word anywhere? And we begin to filter our experiences through the Bible. In other words, we're saying, God, today, this happened to me at the office. What do you want me to learn from that? Listen, this is discipleship. You need help with this. I need help with this. This really is the intention of our groups, that we, we walk through life together that we share life together, that we say, here's what happened to me. I'm ticked off, and here's why. Or I'm, I'm feeling a lot of pride, and here's why. And we walk through life together. We share these experiences together. People help us, brothers and sisters in Christ. They begin to help us to say, here's what God's Word says about it. Here's what happened to me. Here's what I learned. Here is how I was changed. But it's, it's not just the group. I mean, we need to find somebody that will help us, some type of mentor relationship, some type of discipling relationship. We, we need to seek those people out. We need to, this is a cost that's involved. Do you really want to love the way Jesus loves? We've got to filter our experiences through his love, through his word. Here's, here's the thing. I believe that when we do that, we, get, we begin to really experience his love. We begin to see how he loves us. We begin to see his expressions of love. We begin to grow in our understanding of his love for us. We can't love others until we understand how he loves us. So as we, as we begin to receive to, to understand his love for us, it begins to change us in such a way that we, are, we, we increase our capacity to love others as he loved us. When you tell somebody, um, I'm going to pray for you, do you pray for them? Did you know that, that prayer more than anything else, is meant to change you. How does it do that? Well, if you, if you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, and you really do, the next time you see that person, you're going to ask them, what's going on there? How's that going? I've been praying for you. That's how you know, those, if, those of you who say, I pray, you, know, you hear that, you can know if they're really praying for you, because the next time they see you, they're going to ask you about it. What's God doing? What you're learning? How's he changing you? How's he provided? How's he protected? What's he doing? And we begin to experience God's love by praying for other people. It becomes more real to us. It becomes more real to us. Listen, we can't love others until we experience his love for us. So that's a couple of steps. Look, I, I understand that very, very few people will do that this week, but I'm, I'm imploring you, I'm begging you, I'm asking you, I, join me. This is a, a journey for me. And say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start by acknowledging God's presence in my life. I'm acknowledging He's there. I want to, I want to 
I want to have a sense of his presence throughout the day, but I want there to become there want, I want there to be a time where I sit down and go, these were the highlights of my day. These these two things, these three things. What was God trying to teach me? This book it says is is alive. Sharper than a two-edged sword. It 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 it's discerning. It'll change you. Become like Jesus, love like Jesus. Look, I could um I could mention again Peter. I love Peter. I see Dale and Peter. I get in trouble a lot because people will give me an idea and I'll go, I love that idea. Let's do it. But um, but I don't do it. Or somebody will say, we're, we're going to have a special, a special concert and, and, and I'll say, I'll say, that's a fantastic idea. We'll pack the place out. It'll be overflowing. Everybody will want to come to that. And we have the event, and, you know, there's 50 people. I forgot the point in that. Still, still not there. Oh, I know what it was. Peter said, I'll die for you. Just like I go, yeah, let's do it. And Jesus goes, before tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me three times. You've you got to understand what, what you're saying. You've you got to understand what you're asking from me. I want this for you. Are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing to pay the cost? So, do you want to love others like Jesus loves you? I hope you do. He commanded us to do that. It's not really a choice, but I'm giving you a choice this morning. Do you want to love others the way Jesus loves you? The world will know that we're followers of him by the way we love one another. Do you want to love others as Jesus loved you? Are you willing to do what's necessary to experience that in your life? Are you willing to count the cost? Are you willing to pay the cost? We, we, we won't impact this community until we're willing to love others the way Jesus does. Y'all, look, let me, I'm done, I promise. We've been in this building six years. We've been in this community 11 years. We haven't impacted this community. I, I wonder if the root of that doesn't go all the way back to we sing songs about Jesus loving me. We say it in service every Sunday. But we really, really are not experiencing His love in our life. We're really not. Because when we experience His love, it transforms us and we begin to love like He loves us. That's why I start the service this morning by going, here's my prayer, it's my fervent prayer, experience God's love today. 
experience his love today. He knows your past. He knows your weaknesses. He knows all the things that you don't want anybody else to know. He knows them, and he loves you. He sat there with Judas and expressed his love to Judas. He washed Judas' feet too. He sat there with Peter and expressed his love to Peter. He knows your past. He knows your weaknesses. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Experience his love and allow his love to transform you. Let me invite you to stand. Pray with me, would you? Lord Jesus, um, I, I confess to you and I confess to these wonderful, precious people who are gathered in this room, I need this more than anybody else. It's easy to get up here and tell people what to do. It's a lot harder to do it. It's a lot harder to begin my day saying, Jesus, I love you. I know you love me. I know you're going to be with me today. I mean, I've got, I got breakfast to fix. I've got to get Will to school. There's just so much going on. I've got... Maybe it's harder at the end of the day to to take a look how you have expressed your love to me throughout the day, to look at these things in my life and say, what was Jesus doing there? What was he thinking? What was he trying to teach me? How was he expressing his love to me? I need you, Jesus. I need you. I say with Peter, I would die for you. You say to me, have you counted the cost? Help me, Jesus. Help me. I need you. Folks, what will you do with what the Holy Spirit has given you today? What will you do with it? It's easy to make this just another Sunday. It's just another Sunday. Pretty good song, pretty good message. Said hey to some people I know. I'll see you next week. God wants to do more than that. Will you make yourself available? I pray that you'll do that. Even, in, even, even now, I pray you'll do that.